He's so worthy of the praise. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We give God glory and honor to the Lord this afternoon. Amen. Thank God for this opportunity and this awesome privilege to even be standing before you. No goodness of my own, but the mercy of God. And I'm here. I'm here because God has placed me here. Amen. And I would not want to be in any other place but right here. Amen. This is where God placed me. And I am honored to be able to fulfill the ministry that he has given to me. I love my brothers and sisters. I love my pastors. I love my bishop. I love my assistant pastor. I love you all so much. And I give honor and glory to them. The Bible tells us to give honor to whom honor is due. And I honor our leaders for continually speaking the truth. And it's hard to get people to come under a doctrine where truth is being told. People don't want to hear the truth anymore. They don't want to hear the truth. They want a watered-down gospel. They want you to pacify them and smooth them over with prosperity, teaching. They want you to tell them some feel-good messages, to have them jumping around all up on the seat and spitting all over you. And I don't have nothing against speaking in tongues because I don't think anyone, as I say, as Paul says, speak more tongues than, than I do. But after the tongues is over, Where's your life? Where's your life? Do you have a life behind those tongues? Do you have a life behind those words that you speak? There is a word from the Lord today, and I am honored to bring it forth. As I had spoken to the Lord, Lord, I don't know what to say, (laughs) but I'm depending upon you. I'm trusting in you, and I believe God I believe God is up to something. How about you? I believe God is up to something. And if you really believe that in your heart, I want you to give God a praise. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. When the Lord touched the hearts of of pastors, they gotten really. Let me tell you how Bishop and Pastor Slick. Um, whenever Pastor Bishop used to call me and ask me about speaking, I would always make up some kind of excuse. You know, let somebody else do it. Oh, Bishop, this and that. So he got tired and he went into full force with Pastor <laughs> and told her, "You speak to her." And it seems like I just can't say no to her no matter what. (laughs) I just can't say no to her. It seems like she has this way about her that when she says something to you, and it's not that she's harsh with it, she just, uh, you're going to be speaking on such and such a day, so prepare yourself. So I prepared myself. 
I love her. I thank God for her because we know that she is a woman of God, a true woman of God. Amen. I'm going to ask my son, I'm not going to ask you, have you all to stand right now, but I'm going to ask my son to read 1 Samuel 30 in its entirety, and I want you to um, pray as he reads, as the Holy Spirit speaks. Amen. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captive that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive. Anahom and the, excuse me, Ananahom, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him because of the soul of all the people that was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar, the priest, Hamelech's son, I pray, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, he and the 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued, and he and 400 men for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Besor. And they found an Egyptian in the field, and brought him to David, and gave him bread, and he did eat, and they made him drink water, and they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou, and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt. 
servant to an Amalekite. And my master left me because my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south of the Chebethites and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah and upon the south of Caleb. And we burned Ziglag with fire. And David said to him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing, because all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight even until the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the, that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. Thank God. Amen. Thank God for his word. Amen. Let us say thank God for your word. Thank God for your word. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing and for what you have already done. We thank you for your already blessed word. We thank you, Father, for the word that you have placed in me, God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever that you have given to me, Father, that I would not hold back, that I would give it all to your people. I ask you, Father, that you would come and stand in the forefront of me, that you, God, will be my rear guard, that you, Father, would take over this morning and speak like you have never spoken before through me. I pray, God, that I would decrease, that your spirit may increase in me. I pray that the ears, oh God, that are open today will receive your word with joy, will receive it with thanksgiving, and will, Father, oh God, accomplish your will. It is to you I give all the glory, I give all the praise, I give all the honor. I welcome you here today, Father. I welcome you here, and I thank you for the increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We thank God for um, Assistant Pastor Lewis for reading this scripture all week long and all month as I, before our pastor had spoken to us, the Lord had been dealing with me regarding family, regarding family. And when I spoke to the Lord and asked him and inquired, what did he want me to speak about? He said, let's focus on the family. Let's focus on the family. We're still under our title, it's all about Jesus. But let's focus on the family. Whether you believe it or not, our families are in trouble. Our families are in trouble. And it's a shame to say it's had gotten to the point where we, it's like we're not paying attention to what's going on in the family or we're so overcome with things that's happening with us we're not realizing that the enemy is after our family he is after our family he wants to kill he wants to steal he wants to destroy he does not want 
anything to go right with the family. So for the thought that we have for you today, the enemy is after your family. The enemy is after your family. And it's time that we do something about it. It's time that we come together and we do something about it. That we take a good look to see where we have gone wrong, what it is that we haven't done that the family can come back together the way God ordained it to be. Marriages are failing. Our children are running amok. Getting themselves in these gangs to belong, just to have that feeling of belonging. The gangs considered themselves as family. So it appeals to the eyes of the young people that are vulnerable. This was not God's plan for our children to get connected to these sorts of things, but it's happening. And it's happening more now than ever. Our children are being destroyed. They're dying, they're dying like flies. I've never seen or heard so much about the death of our children as I have today. They're dying left and right for nothing. They're killing each other. They're destroying one another. And what are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? These things ought not to be. They have nobody to look to. They have nobody to go to. It's time to fight for your family. This is what your topic is today. Fight for your family. It's time to fight for your family. And my family, we were very, very close, and we still are, very close-knit family. We grew up in the projects. Yes, I'm a project child. And, <laughs> and we were taught to stick together no matter what. Whatever happens, we had to stick together. I never was a fighter. Quiet as a kept, I was really a little fraidy cat, but my brothers and sisters thought that I was the toughest one that you wanted to name, but no, I was never tough. I didn't look for a fight, but if a fight found me, I found it, and I would fight. I would never initiate a fight, but I never backed away from one either. And as my big sisters and brothers looked up to me, I was very protective of them. I didn't want anything to happen to them. And I would fight if I had to. I'd, I'd, I'd do what I had to do, but I didn't look for a fight. And when I had my children, I taught them to be protective of each other. And I didn't care what happened. Don't go against your family. Don't go against your brother and sister. Fight for your family. I've seen my sons not even know what was going on. 
and found out that their brother was in trouble, go out there and whip the tar out of them. When I found out about it, I'm like, what happened? Well, he went against Willie or he went against Kofi and whatever it was, Kofi and Willie was the two, the main two that we had. It was always in a fight. They would fight, oh my God, they would fight. And the brothers didn't know what the fight was about, but guess what? They stuck together and they fought for one another. When they got back home, they would hit each other, you know, slap each other upside the head. You know, what's wrong with you? You crazy? I could have got killed this, that, and the other. But they fought for each other. They did not go against one another. That was something that I taught them and I kept it that way. I tell you the truth, I think my, my daughters, well, especially my one daughter, who we will remain nameless, was just as tough as her brothers. She was just as tough as them and nobody did her. She was a little piece of leather, but well put together. She was always mouthing and always saying what she had to say and never thought anybody was too big that she couldn't fight. She would go against whoever came against her family. Oh, she had something to say. Oh, she had something to, to say. And I thank God for that. As a matter of fact, periodically, I would talk to my kids and say to them, are y'all still holding it together? Don't ever let me find out that you're fighting against one another. This mommy, you don't ever have to worry about that. We're always gonna straighten out with whatever problems, whatever differences that we had. We always straighten it up way before it gets to you. So when I find out about it, it's the next year. When it's all over with, then they'll come back. Maybe I might find out that there was a problem going on, but they fixed it. Nowadays, we're looking for people that would take a stand for the family. And we've lost our place and recognizing that family has been ordained by God from the very beginning. Satan launched out an attack against the family. Do you know why he launched out the attack against family? Because it was something that God created. It was something that God loved. God created family from the very beginning and he wanted family be, to be strong. He wanted family to be knitted together. He wanted family to fight one, for one another. He wanted family to stick together. But instead of us sticking together, we seem to be fighting against one another. And this is not the will of God. Where's the family? Where's the family? And when I say the family, I'm not just talking about your brothers and sisters, but there are some children in here that don't have their father. There are some children that didn't grow up with their mother. There are some children that are in need of a spiritual guide to take them in the direction that they need to go. There are some people that God has placed 
a mandate upon their life to go after the family, to bring them in, to pour into them. When I think about David, and I think about all that he has been through, David, as the Bible tells us, was a man after God's own heart, but he was not perfect. He was so not perfect. David made some mistakes that cost him dearly. It cost him dearly. David had an affair with his next door neighbor's wife. He fathered a child. He killed her husband to cover up his mess, then marries his neighbor's wife. And then the prophet Nathan confronts David and tells him of his sin. There were consequences for his sin. The child conceived through reckless affair died. His daughter Tamar was raped by her half-brother Amnon. After he sexually abused her, he threw her out of the room and despised her. Tamar, completely distraught, goes to her father and tells him about what happened. And although the king was very angry, he took no disciplinary actions on his son, that he should have disciplined him, but he didn't. When Tamar's brother Absalom found out what happened to his sister, he demanded justice. And instead of David disciplining Amnon, he protected the abuser rather than the victim and tried to hush everything up. He never chastised his son even when they deserved it, even when they deserved it. Absalom was so outraged, he plots and eventually kills his own brother. Then he runs away from the kingdom. Some years later, after the rape of Tamar, Absalom came back and led a mutiny against his own father. So much so that it forced David out of his own kingdom. Can you imagine? Your child is so broken up for what you have done, for what you did not do. He kills his brother. He murders his brother. He planned it. He planned this murder. And then after he kills him, he runs away. David is standing there, knowing that he had done wrong, but still not doing anything about it. But there is consequences for sin. There is consequences for things that we do and we don't take responsibility and we don't take accountability. There is consequences that we must take because of it. God was concerned about David and even with these things happening, the Bible says that David was still a man after his own heart because even though David didn't do the right thing, his heart was in the right place. How many of you have your heart in the right place regarding your family? How many of you really, seriously, have your heart in the right place for your family? 
And with all of those things that went on, I'm sure there's many of you that have done some things that you don't even want to think about. You hope that your past will stay right back there and nobody ever find out. If the closet door was to open and your skeleton bones were to come out, you would probably drop dead just looking at all the bones, the hidden things that happen within your family. There are things that happen within my family that I was not proud of, that I was not wanting to look at and remember about it. But I do know that regardless to what happened in my family, family is important. Family is ordained by God and God wants family to stick together no matter what. There are some things that have happened that made me shame. There are some things that happened within my family that made me cry. There were some things that happened in my family that made me wonder, God, why you put me with this family? Yes. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Why? And when people would ask me and say, that's your family? I'm, I'm, yeah, okay, they're not, okay, they're bad, but it, it could have been a whole lot worse because I've seen some crazier family. I've seen families that were really, that I wouldn't have wanted to be a part of. But this is my family. This is the family that God placed me in. This is the family that God has set me up to save, to go out and reach out to them, to let them know that no matter what, we are going to make it. We are going to come together in agreement. We are going to see and watch our children to be saved. We are going to see a change within our family, and it's going to take us to do it. We got to do it. We got to be the ones to reach out to our family, embrace them, and let them know you made some mistakes and it's okay, but I love you and I'm going to always love you. See, we get saved and then we become a snob, so to speak. We, be, we, get, we get snobbish. We forget where we came from. We forget those crazy things that we used to do. We forget those affairs, things that we did, I don't want to say, but fair, affairs that we've had or things that we have done inappropriately. We forget what we used to do because we were just as crazy as our unsaved family members. We were just as crazy, if not crazier, than they are. Amen? We forget the same God that looked down on us, the same God that cared about us is the same God that cares about your brother, about your nephew, about your son, about your daughter. He is the same God that cares about them and he wants them to be restored and he wants us to recover everything that he promised us we could have. He wants us to recover it all. 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 Mm. Sometimes Oh God, we lose our place. We lose our place. We lose our place. Thinking it can't happen. 
Don't you understand and know that nothing is impossible for God concerning your brother, concerning your nephew, concerning your niece, concerning your mother, concerning your father, concerning your children. There is nothing impossible for God. Do you believe that God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever? And that God is a God that is into restoring everything, restoring it all, restoring it all. We're forgetting what to do. We're forgetting what to do. We're forgetting what we're supposed to do. We're forgetting to go into our prayer closet. We are forgetting to get upon our knees and call upon the only God that is able to restore our family. We are forgetting to face and confront situations that even if it ain't right, God will righten it, but he wants you to take accountability and responsibility. Hallelujah! When I think of this story of David, David went to a war that he, first of all, that he had no business going into because he was, God didn't tell him to go into that war. He was fighting not against his enemies, but he was fighting with his enemies. He had no business being with the Philistines, fighting with them. But he went just the same. He went before consulting God about that situation. Sometimes we go and do things that God didn't tell us to do. We go ahead of God. And God is saying, I didn't tell you to do that. But okay, now that you've done this, let me work this out for you. Because when David and his family uh, went out and fought against was trying to go into this war with the Philistines and fight against the other nation, God fixed it so that the Philistines sent him back home, him and his troops. He said, we don't want you because we don't trust you. Go back. But see, God was in control of all of that. He was in control. He sent David and his troops back. It was God's doing. The devil might have meant it for evil, but God turned it around for their good. Sent him back. And when David went back home, there he found all of his family, all not only his family, but all the troops family was gone. The, the land was burnt up with fire. The smoke was coming up. See, back then, whenever the troops came back from war, what they used to do is dance. The women would come out and dance. They would make a, a, a big party out of the troops coming home. But this time, when the troops came back home, there was nobody there to greet them. And everybody was sitting back, looking, trying to figure out what happened. Now, can you imagine? These men came back from war. They were tired. They was exhausted. They wanted to see their wives. They wanted to see with their children. But when they got there, nobody was there. The enemies had come in and stolen their family. Now the Bible doesn't say that they killed them. And as you read down further, you'll find out they didn't die. But they took them. Now that could have been a totally different thing. The family members could have died. They could have came in because this is what happened. When they were at war, they used to go in and kill and destroy all the children, families, everybody. They used to kill them all. But when David got to his family, he found out that they wasn't killed and destroyed, but they were abducted. 
taken away. Taken away. So can you imagine what they must have felt like? No children, no wives. David, first of all, had left and left the town and left that land unprotected. So he went there really on his own. He he made a, a decision to go out there, leave his family unprotected, and the enemy came in and took his family, took everything he had. Took everything he had. I can't imagine the devastation that it must have been to walk into a place and find what you had had there before is no longer there. I can't imagine you coming home from work looking for your wife and somebody has come in and taken your wife and your children. I can't imagine what it would be like for somebody to tell me that somebody has abducted my husband or my children. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. The Bible says that David and his men wept until there was no more strength in him. They were so petrified knowing that they had everything they had was gone. Everything. And it was so bad that the men was talking about killing David. They were talking about stoning him to death. They were planning they were planning to get rid of David. But then David, with what he should have done from the very beginning, consulted the Lord. And he asked the Lord, Lord, what should I do? Shall I go and fight against the Amalekites. What did the Lord tell him to do? Pursue. He said, pursue. Go after your family. I'm going to restore them all. See, you got some family members that in your mind you're saying, there's no hope for them. I've been praying for them for years. There doesn't seem to be any hope but God is the God of all hopes. He is the restorer. He is a restorer. He will turn things around for you and you will say to yourself, surely this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. You will look around and see and wonder how this happened. But God, who is in full control, is letting you know that there is nothing impossible for God. For he is a God that wants to restore everything that you've lost and give you double for what you lost. Give you double for your trouble. This is what God wants to do for the family. David goes, and long story short, he goes out, goes to the camp, and the Bible said, what did he do? He recovered all. He got his family back, and not only did he get his family back, but he got his troops family back. Everybody came home without anything happening to them. Everybody came home. They were safe and they were sound. Everybody came back. Hallelujah. And there was something to celebrate about because those that were lost, God had brought them back. God had allowed David to recover all.
all. God had allowed him to recover everything that the enemy stole. God bought it back. He bought it back. He bought it back. And now God is saying unto you, I'm ready to recover everything you lost. If you could just put your trust in me, if you could just believe that I'm able to do it. But there is something that you have to do. You have to trust him. You have to trust and believe that he can do it. Do you believe he can? Do you believe that he can restore those lost souls, those lost family members that have gotten caught themselves up in, in other religions, in Muslims' faith, in the, the uh, uh, Jehovah Witness faith? Do you believe that God can pull them out and show them the only true and living God? Are you able to see that God is about to do something, a miraculous things on your behalf so that you can see I am a great God and I change not. I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think according to the power that is working within us. Hallelujah. God is able to do it. He's able. He's able. We got so many families with children. I look at my little nephew. Come up here, Dominic. I look at my little nephew. And my, every time I see him, and every time I pray with him, and every time I talk to him, I see a change that's happening in him. I see what God is doing. This is not by an accident that my nephew is here. This is not by a, a coincidence that he is here. He is here around strong men, women of God. And this is what God wants you to do. He wants you. Come up here, my son. Come here. Come here. Come up here. This is what God wants you to do. Hallelujah to this family. He wants you to embrace this little boy. Stand behind him. Come up here. Hallelujah. He may not have a father that is doing what he's supposed to do. Come up here. But here is what God is doing. Stand behind him. Hallelujah. This is what God wants you to do. He wants you to come and embrace this young one. Hallelujah. This little boy, my God and my Savior, lay your hands on him and pray for him. Believe God for him because God wants us to recover our family. Thank you, Jesus. Pray for him and believe God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He doesn't have a father that is caring enough to recognize what a good child he has, what a man of God that he is growing up to be. But even though you have your own children, oh my God, don't forget there is another one, hallelujah, that God wants you to embrace. He wants you to embrace. We need strong leaders. We need strong men. Men of God, hallelujah. Men will taking, uh, oh yes Lord, the authority. My God, lay your hands on him, thank you Lord. This is what God wants you to do. He wants you to continue to talk to him, to minister to him, to pour into him, to guide him, to show him the way. It is this little boy that's gonna make some changes in the life. My God, come. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
this is what God is expecting for you to do, my God and my Savior. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. When I was thinking of this message, my nephew came to my mind, and I started thinking, God, there is so many children that's out here that's like him. They don't have someone to guide them in the direction. He may have come up from a hard life, but let me tell you something. Oh my God, there is nothing like family to embrace, to pray over, to keep in contact with a little boy that may not understand and know what's going on in life but God is saying I've given him fathers I've given him fathers that will hallelujah embrace him thank you Lord I've given him fathers my God and my Savior yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord the devil meant to destroy him the devil meant to kill him. The devil meant to steal everything that he has inside of him. But God said, hallelujah, this is my child. This is my child. And I have set men of honor, men of integrity, men that will pray with him, men that will pray for him, men that will lead him and teach him the way of the Lord. This is the only way. This is the only way. Can you stand and be accountable for this young man? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. This is what God wants. This is what God wants. Hallelujah. He wants the family to fight for one another. Don't let our children die. Don't lose them. They need you. They need you as never before. Dominic is just one, but there are millions and millions of boys like him. And you that are men of God need to embrace them. You need to take responsibility and put your arms around them and pray for them because this is what God has called you to do. I heard our pastor, assistant pastor Lee, get up and say, go out into the highways and go outside and evangelize. Don't you understand? My God. This is the time in the season where you will find young men like him and older boys that need that father figure, that needs a strong leader, that needs somebody that was willing to embrace them and bring them in. Hallelujah. 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 Fight for the family. Don't let them die. Don't let them die when God has made you responsible to hold them, to care for them, to nurture them, to keep them, protect them, don't allow them to get in harm's way. Put a shield around them and how do you shield them? With prayer, with the word of God as you speak to them, as you talk to them, as you minister to them. Don't forget, this is your job. 
this is what God has called you to do. And for you mothers, my God and my Savior, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And for the mothers, I'm not just his only one that is taking this responsibility. But I want you to understand that the mothers, hallelujah, that he is looking to, to come and give him not only the natural food, but that food, hallelujah. Oh, my God. Yes, Lord, that food, my God, that he needs to teach him, to teach him the way, my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, to teach him, to teach him, to teach him, my God. These are the mothers, oh, to true women of God. Oh, yes, Lord, true women of God true women of God true women of God just stand up hallelujah up around him oh my God and my savior to stand up hallelujah hallelujah thank you Lord just stand up to stand up embrace him with the love of God 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 give him because you can't give him what a man gives him. A man can only give him what they're told to give him because he understands and he can relate to men, but he needs that nurturing. He needs that affection. He needs that love. He needs that prayer. He needs you to bind together. He needs you to discipline him and to show him the way. Hallelujah. My God and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. This is the time. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. My God. We are the strong leaders. We are the strong leaders. Where are the strong leaders? Where are the strong leaders? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God and my Savior. Give him some praise. 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 Glorify him. Glorify him. Praise 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 him. Thank you, Lord. My God and my Savior. Thank you, Lord. My God. Go out, my God, and speak a word unto the lives of these children. They're looking for guidance. Some of these young men that have connected themselves into unholy alliances is only because we're not going out there and reaching out to them. So they're connecting themselves. They're connecting themselves with other people that's going to eventually kill them. That's eventually going to destroy them. When you can't touch them and you can't reach out, you can pray. Pray for your family. Pray and ask God to give you an instruction. Pray and ask God to tell you, Lord, what to do. Give me, oh God, instructions give me directions show me maybe you're not a mom yet but that doesn't mean that you don't have that mother instinct in you that doesn't mean that you're not able to reach out to children that doesn't mean 
that your work is not is is something that you your your that God didn't give you to do. Oh God put it the mother instinct in you. He put it in you. You are a mom. You are a mom. You are a mother. And nothing is better than a woman of God embracing the children and letting them know you're loved. We care about you. We want to see you grow. We want to see you know. We want to see you accomplish what God has will is for your life. We want to see you be better than what you are. We want to see you. We're going to fight for you. We're not going to give up on you. You can stand to your feet. You're not, we're not going to give up on you. We're not going to give up on you. We're not going to give up on you. We're going right into the enemy's camp and we're going to pray like never before. We're going to call upon the name of the Lord and we're going to watch those demons flee. We're going to watch the enemy get scared because when we wake up in the morning the enemy is supposed to be afraid he is supposed to be afraid when he see our eyes open he is supposed to lose his mind because he know he's in trouble he know he's in trouble God have mercy Jesus it's time for us to go back into the enemy's camp and take back what he stole Hallelujah. Whether you gave it to him willingly or unwillingly, whatever your part was in it, God said, it's time now for you to fight back for your family because I'm getting ready to move. You're waiting on me and I'm waiting on you. I have a plan and I have a plan that's going to blow your mind, but you got to let me do it. You got to let me do it. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. You got to let me do it. Recover all. You school teachers, God set you up in those positions for a reason. Whether it's in administration, whether it is to teach, you still are in contact with children. God set you up in these positions for a reason because he wants you to take back those children. My God. Hallelujah. And I know many of you can... Uh, can testify and say that there are so many children that don't have parents that care. They don't. What about you? What about you? What about you? What about you? Do you care enough? Do you care enough? Some of them are not going to look right. Some of them are not going to act right. But do you care enough to tell them, I love you. I love you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'll be right there. I'll be right there opening my arms. Opening my arms to you. And whatever you need, by the grace of God, we're going to see that you get it. How many of you are willing to do that? Hallelujah, Jesus. It's time to recover it all. Take back. Take it back. You made some mistakes. Now you can correct them. Correct it. Hallelujah, correct it. Oh God, thank you, Jesus. I didn't intend to go in this direction, 
but he that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. I thank you, Lord God, for the directions that you have led me. And I thank you, O oh God, for ministering to the hearts. Let them this day, Father, when they leave this place, not forget, Father, hallelujah, that you're holding them accountable and responsible for those souls that are dying. Give them a vision of who they are to go to. Hallelujah. Open their eyes so that they can see go into the camp of the enemy and recover all. Hallelujah. Fight for your family. Fight for your family. Fight for your family. Fight for your family. Fathers, take time with your sons. Some of them are teenagers, yes. But just because they're teenagers, in numbers, their minds are still developing. Take times with your son. Take them out to dinner. Take them out to nice places. Share intimate time. Don't become so overwhelmed with what you got to do that you forget about your children. Take time. Spend time with them. They need you. They act like they don't need you, but they need you. They need you. You are the leader of your family. You are the leader of your family. And God says, I want you to take some time for your family. My God. Take time. Oh, glory. Amen. Come on, lift your hands with me and worship for a minute. Come on, lift up your hands and worship for a minute. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give God some worship. Give God some worship. With my hands lifted up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. With my hands lifted up. Hallelujah. With my hands lifted up. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Is your mouth filled with praise right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to God. Just begin to worship him. Just begin to worship him. Just begin to worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. We worship you. We worship you. Come on. Let's give God one more minute. Let's give him another minute. Hallelujah. In worship. In worship. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Just bless him. Just bless him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, God. We worship you. 
Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to worship. Someone needs to worship. Begin to worship him. Hallelujah. Begin to worship him. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, God. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank God for the word. We thank God for the word. Because out of all the things that we deal with, that is the one thing that was the first that the enemy attacked, and that was family. Amen. And he has been attacking it every since. Every since he's been attacking family. Amen. But I want you to know that you are more than conquerors, and God has made you able to go out and to recover all that the enemy has stolen. The enemy will do anything to keep our families separated. But I want you to know that it's time to bring family back together. And God is going to do it. He's doing it now. Amen. He's doing it now. I remember when my brother was in his 20s and my mother was praying and fasting for him. And you know what? We didn't see it. We didn't see what God was doing. You know, it took him till he got into his 50s to come back to God. But guess what? God did it. Amen. God did it. He did it. Amen. Somebody say, God has not forgotten. Come on, say it louder like you believe it. God has not forgotten. Amen. God has not forgotten you. Amen. But let's not forget those things which are important to God. And family is of high importance to him. That's why the devil has done all he could to destroy it. Calling himself redefining family. The devil is a liar. What God has put together, let no man put asunder. Amen. This is one of the biggest attacks in the world today is the attack on families. We have more single parent homes now than ever before. It's sad. It's really sad. Children in orphanage. Children being abandoned. God knows it's time to pray for family. Come on and give God a hand praise. Amen. 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 What what an on-time word. What an on-time word. Amen. And we have so many young families in here from from Nick and Jasmine. Amen. We have Chastity and John, their family is about to enlarge. Amen.
Amen. We have Leo and Golda. Amen. We need to pray for these families. Amen. That God will keep them. That God will, will strengthen them. Because I don't even have to tell you, the enemy's after you. Amen. He's after marriages. And marriages consist of family. Saints, let's take it to heart. Let's take this word that we heard today to heart. Let's take it to heart. David went after his family. He went to get his family. Amen. Let's do this. Let's do this. Come on, lift up your hands with me before we go. Amen. All of you that's going with us to Brooklyn, amen. Please, we're asking as many that can, amen, to go with us to Brooklyn. Amen. I believe that God, once again, is going to bless your heart. Amen. And he's going to show him himself awesome in the place. Amen. So let's go together and give God praise. Let's go together and worship him together. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. God, we honor you for all that you're doing right now. Father, we thank you for your word that you sent our way. Lord, we thank you that your word is going to heal and strengthen us. For Father, we know that you are the creator of family. For family first started in your heaven. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We recognize family. And the family unit, God, is important to you. Father, put it as a priority on our list. Let it be a priority in our hearts and our minds to remember the importance of family. Father, there may even be many in here today. Some may have a beef, a feud with their family in some way or another. Lord, we're asking that there be forgiveness in the heart. That they will go forth and make amends with their family. That there will be reconciliation between brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles and cousins, oh God. Whatever the relationship may be. Father, help us not to just be relatives, but to be family. And to stand together upon your word and bless you the keeper of all. Now, Father, as we leave this place, but not your presence, going forth to another service to once more be blessed again. Lord, go with us, protect us, and guide us. Keep us from all that will do us harm, and we will bless you and give you glory and honor, for you have been good, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Let all God's people say amen, amen, and amen. Give God a hand, praise. Amen.